Welcome to the Voice Junkie Podcast. I'm Chuck West. This is episode 36. Uh, you know, I didn't want to do any fancy intro or anything like that. I just wanted to get right to the news at hand. I just wanted to jump into some politics for a change. We haven't talked politics in a while. I haven't broached a subject in a while. And it's really about how we see ourselves as a country going forward. We have the 2020 elections coming up. It's a pivotal year as far as getting this orange clown out of office before he gets us into another war. So I don't know. I know it's a lot of people who don't pay attention to politics, don't even pay attention to news at all. But if you've been living on, in case you've been living under a rock, our president in chief, the orange clown in chief, excuse me, is on the precipice. Here's a big word for you or on the verge of potentially getting us into another war in the Middle East with Iran. So there's a whole bunch of misinformation going on through the right-wing media, uh, mainly Fox News, and some pundits, even on MSNBC, who's kind of waving the war pom-poms or waving the pom-poms for war. And it's puzzling to me because it's like, why would you? We already seen this movie before. We know exactly how much of a disaster the Iraq War was and the Afghanistan War that was um, also uh, attached to that. And we've spent trillions of dollars through the time we've been over in the Middle East. And it is, it's insane to me. It's, it, it's the hypocrisy that goes on with the Republican Party and even the media, because the media is ran by the establishment. And elites. A lot of those TV pundits that you see on the CNNs, the NBCs, or the um, or the uh, Fox Newses of the world, those are millionaires. Yeah, they're millionaires. They're not like your local TV host, your or local TV anchor. No, 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 no. Those are two completely different worlds. The pundits you see on these big networks, they're all millionaires. So they're completely detached from reality. So a lot of them don't have our best interests at hand because they are told by their corporate overlords on what they need to report and what they need to back in order to get the audience that's watching to back their agenda. That's really what it is. So with this Iraq, I mean, it's an impending war with Iran. It's a disaster. First of all, let's break down some of the facts here. Barack Obama and his administration did wonders foreign policy-wise, when he struck that Iranian nuclear uh, deal with Iran, which essentially was instead of, you know, I'm not going to give you the whole brass tags as far as uh, making it too, you know, intricate uh, to, to explain to you, but essentially what the Iran deal was that Barack Obama did is it got in a negotiation with Iran to not develop a certain level of, of um, uranium. So, if you don't know, a certain amount of uranium that's produced in a factory can produce nuclear warheads. So Barack Obama was able to, to negotiate with those guys and say, hey, you got to keep your uranium levels really low and you know, so you can't develop a nuclear warhead. And if you do that, we will release a lot of the funds that the rest of the world, because you know, Iran is like every other country, man. We we all do business with other countries. And the United States, because of all the sanctions Iran had on it, 
was freezing money that was going to that was supposed to be going to Iran, billions of dollars that of Iran's own money was frozen by the United States. And in, in, in order to be a a part of the United Nations and b get their money back, they had to agree to this nuclear um, arms deal with Barack Obama's administration, and Barack Obama did it. He got them to agree to it, and everything was good in the world until this orange clown came into office and employed all of these psychopath, warmongering uh, idiots that he has in his cabinet, like the John Boltons of the world, the Mike Pompeos of the world. These guys are morons, and they're trying to stoke up fear in the country and get us jacked up to go into another war. And for those of you who don't understand the magnitude of getting potentially getting into a war with Iran, let me just break it down like this. You know how ridiculously bad the Iraq war was and why we went there in the first place when we shouldn't have been there in the first place, but we all figured out later down the road that it was all about oil. These guys are doing the same thing with Iran. They want Iran's oil. Just no different than the Venezuela thing and how you know the United States was flirting with getting involved in Venezuela and their uh, regime change is because why? Venezuela also has oil. So United States is in the business of taking over countries' natural resources. And the biggest natural resource is oil. And why is the United States so invested in taking the natural resource of oil? So they can hand it right over to their corporate overlords, the goddamn oil companies, the Exxon Mobiles of the world, the BPs, and all these other you know huge uh, oil, uh, oil companies. This is what they really want to do. They just want to take over Iran's oil. But as big as a disaster Iraq was, Iran would be four times over a bigger four times over bigger uh, of a disaster. It's four times the size of Iraq. Wrap your mind around that. Iran is four times the size of, of Iraq. And you see how much of a goddamn disaster Iraq was. Trillions of dollars we've pissed away in this senseless wars that we keep we keep having because the right wing loves to go to war and pay defense contractors, the Boeings of the world, the, the, the Lockheed Martins of the world. This is what they like to do. They like to feed them all of our money. And you know what the crazy thing is? When we have progressives like Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren or you know any real progressive candidate, you know talk about even AOC Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, you know the progressive side of politics. When we when these guys talk about you know college tuition free and having free college and and Medicare for all and all these things and all of these. These, these right-wingers and even the television pundits, the millionaires, they're television pundits, but they're millionaires, the establishment, they all say the same thing. They all say that their one argument is, how are you going to pay for it? 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 But when we get close and we get on the edge of getting in another goddamn war, where are the television pundits? Where are they? 
Where are they? Where are they when it comes to asking the right wing, how are we going to pay for this war with Iran? How are we going to pay for it? How are we going to pay for it? Do you hear anything? Nope. You hear crickets. You hear crickets because they're all a part of the same scheme. The establishment and the right wing are very similar in, in, in one sense is that they, they both serve corporate interests. And what better corporate interests than another senseless war? More money pumping into defense, defense a contract, you know, defensive contractors. This is what it's all about. This is how this this sick uh, war business, when it comes to war, comes about. It's all business, but it's funny when we get to that. When we get to tax cuts for the rich, when we get to wars, anything the right wing gets a hard on for, the TV pundits are quiet. You never hear how they're going to pay for it. Think about it. When you go out and you watch another debate or whatever you do, because there's a lot of democratic debates going on right now, and keep this in your mind. And when you, when it comes to big, grandiose ideas like Medicare for all, universal health care, or when it comes to, like I said before, when it comes to you know college tuition free, things like that, keep a mental tally on how many times you hear television pundits, the establishment, ask the candidate, how are you going to pay for it? And, and, and all the language that they're going to spew from their mouths in regards to the budget and cost. Watch. But when it comes to this type of stuff, wars and senseless wars and, and tax cuts for the rich and all of these ridiculous ideas that blow huge holes in the deficit and our budget, they never talk about what it costs and how they're going to pay for it. They never do. Isn't that funny? I find that funny too. But this is what we got going on right now. And I'm just hoping we are very, we were, you know, there's been reports all week about how close we've been to getting into, to actually striking Iran. We've been seriously close to doing that. I mean, I don't think we or people, the average Joe knows how close we are with getting into a war with Iran. So, this is something that, you know, was very, very, you know, burning, you know, burning deep inside of me that I wanted to share with you guys just to keep, because this is one of the reasons why I created Voice Junkie. Voice Junkie is a voice that, you know, from an urban perspective, for me getting out things like this that you normally wouldn't pay attention to, you wouldn't search it on your newsfeed or you wouldn't go out of your way to go on, you know, a news cha- uh, station to really um, be abreast and, and caught up with what's going on internationally or just, you know, when it comes to policies in general. So that's why I wanted to create this podcast to spread messages like this and, and you know, keep y'all on your toes as far as what's actually going on. And what's really going on is that we're dangerously close to potentially getting into another disastrous war in the Middle East. And I hope, I hope I hope the child in chief grows a little tiny bit of a brain and not get us into something else that we're going to regret for the next 20 years. But yeah, just wanted to share that. So there's another story I kind of wanted to jump into. It was very interesting. It caught my attention and I wanted to share it with you guys. It's a story about the corruption in Baltimore, far as how the cops are treating their citizens out there, namely black citizens, of course, uh, 
or people of color in that community. So there's a lot of things going on. I want to pull up this article real quick. So first of all, the Baltimore Sun uh, newspaper has been on top of this reporting this, and I'm getting it off of Vice News as, uh, as well. Um, so what's going on is an explosive corruption trial going on. It's with the Gun Trace Task Force um, for, you know, Baltimore cops. And basically, <laughs> from what the headline says is they kept, uh, the officers kept replica toy guns on them, quote unquote, in case we accidentally hit somebody or got into a shootout so we could plant them. This is a quote from, you know, what's going on during the trial over there. So you got this crooked ass gun t- uh, trace tax task force that's going around with the job. This is this is another quote here. So the, the Baltimore Sun says that Baltimore's biggest police corruption scandal in memory. That's what they're calling this. So they're saying so prosecutors say the squad, you know, of course, the gun trace task force, which was tasked with uh, getting illegal guns off the street, abused its power by robbing suspects and innocent people, raiding homes without warrants, and selling confiscated drugs, among other crimes, including planting toy guns on victims that they shoot. So this is this is crazy, and and it's some really really wild things going on in ba- in Baltimore that need to be addressed. You know, and I. I remember a story a couple years ago about how they detained people and then they, you know, a guy that they detained, I can't remember his name, I'm sorry, I apologize, but a guy that they detained, um, they put in the, you know, one of those big meat wagons, paddy wagons, and then he died in there because, you know, he wasn't constrained properly and I don't know, it was very murky, but there was a lot of murkiness going on down there in Baltimore and they need to address it. This is crazy. You can't have a task force going around with the sole purpose of collecting illegal guns off the streets, but they're on some, you know, training day type shit. Basically, this is some training day shit. You remember uh, Denzel's character, and then he had his own little task force that did a lot of little dirty, underhanded stuff, and the stuff they did with the guy, the drug dealer dude, and took his money, robbed him, and, and staged this whole uh, scene. This is basically what this task force is doing. They're living training day <laughs> in real life. So, you know, uh, the other story is, uh, more details on the story is that, you know, apparently 86 people were fatally shot by police in 2015 and 2016 who were spotted with carrying toy guns. So six of eight of the task force members charged with a corruption scandal have pleaded guilty to racketeering charges, so apparently that could be, you know, embezzling money or whatnot, but nothing in turn of, you know, murder or anything like that or assault or any type of violent crime. So right now they got most of these guys on racketeering charges while you have another two that's trying to fight for whatever reason. But, I mean, the justice system allows guilty people to fight and get off. <laughs> so I, I don't know how those other two are going to get off when six of them have already uh, pleaded guilty to racketeering charges. So that's should be interesting. But in this broken justice system, anything's possible. But that that is really interesting. I wanted to share that with you guys. I mean, that's crazy, man. Like 
This is why black people be so paranoid. This is what we be talking about. You got people, you got, you know, monsters and badges with power, real legit power in these communities that are able to do whatever they want with immunity a lot of times because cops can do whatever they want with immunity because the, you know, the, the police unions and all of this stuff across the country, they, you know, have the most power. They have power and they, they look after each other. They look after their own and a lot of times in these situations. So this story does not surprise me in the least bit that you got rogue, you know, task force out there doing illegal shit. This is, this is training day. <laughs> this is exactly that. So, uh, you know, I'm going to keep posted on this story, keep y'all posted on this story just to see how the rest of the trial develops and see what else is uncovered through this, because this is, this is crazy. This is something that no community should have to endure, especially a community that's endured a lot already in Baltimore. So definitely I'll keep my eyes posted on it and definitely keep y'all posted on it as well. Here's another funny story. You know that show Good Omens that came out on Amazon? Um, it's a real popular show so far. It's uh, based off of a book, apparently, that um, I heard was pretty good as well. I've heard good reviews about Good Omens, so I, I think I'm definitely going to check it out. But anyway, this story <laughs> kind of developed. I thought it was funny because it just it just taught it just highlights the delusion, the the delusional mindset of of um, not just religions as a whole, but Christianity. Like, let's be honest, because this country is predominantly Christian, so they hold a lot of power far as trying to change the mindset of people and pretty much control their lives. So what I mean by that is that apparently there's some Christian organization out there uh, trying to, let me get their names real quick. It's this Christian organization by the name of the Foundation for Christian Civilization. So this is the name of this group and they're pissed off with the show Good Omens. Why do you ask? Well, the show Good Omens, the premise of the show has uh, an angel and a demon. They're good friends, and they're meant to be Earth's ambassadors for good and evil, respectively. So they team up together to take down the Antichrist, which is the devil. So in that sense alone, the premise of the show is good and bad, quote-unquote bad, with the demon and the, and the angel teaming together for the greater cause of humanity to take down the Antichrist. And your organization is pissed off about that? Why? Because it conflicts with your bullshit Bible? Yeah, I said it. Bullshit. So this is, this is, this is when you take your religion, you take your ideology, you take yourselves too goddamn serious. This is entertainment. Why are you trying to ruin entertainment? Why are you trying to ruin people's good time? This is the problem I have with a lot of religious organizations, a lot of religious people sometimes, is that they are really, really great at being buzzkills. They're really, really great at ruining a good time. This is people's good time, man. They want to watch the show Good Omens. Hey, let them watch the show. A lot of them are probably Christians themselves. 
but they don't take themselves nearly as serious as you guys take the, yourselves. Yeah, I'm talking into this dumbass Christian civilization, the foundation of Christian civilization. Yeah, I'm talking to y'all. Stop taking yourself too goddamn serious. This is Hollywood. This is a show. This is a show for entertainment. Do you know what entertainment is? Yeah, I'm sure you guys know. You're human beings, so I assume you know what entertainment is. Entertainment is sermons. You watching the preacher gallivant around the stage. That's entertainment. So if you enjoy that form of entertainment, then let people enjoy the form of entertainment that they like. All right? So it, it just, it again, it highlights the hypocrisy of religious organizations, religion as a whole. It's it's hypocritical. We all know religion totally, totally contradicts itself when it comes to science and just actual real life shit. It contradicts itself. And these religious organizations, their sole purpose is to, to is to is to control the narrative and tell you how to live your life, what you should or shouldn't be eating or watching or date who you shouldn't be dating or this, they want to control your life. Not the government. <laughs> Religions, they want to control your life. They say, "Hey, it's not you're not best suited to do what you want to do with your own life." No, you need to listen to this this man-made fairy tale that we created to control people. I can go on this long rant about how religious organizations uh, like Christians and Baptists and all of these religious groups became so powerful. And that was during the Dark Ages, where the Dark Ages came, just it was a complete assault on just knowledge. They burned down all the libraries everything. And religious organizations like Christians and, 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 and other groups stayed around because they were able to teach people how to read and write. And because of that power that they had, they were able to convert a lot of people into their beliefs. This is what they did during the dark ages. And this is what made them the powerful groups that they are today. And, and you know, it, this is just insane to me <laughs> that these types of situations continuously occur. First of all, the Christian group got it wrong because the platform they thought Good Omens was on, they thought Good Omens was on Netflix. Uh -uh. That's wrong, guys. It's not on Netflix. You got the wrong streaming platform, brothers. It's on Amazon, all right? So if, you, if you're going to tell people what to do and what not to do, at least get your facts in order, all right? Do a little research, all right? That's all I got to say about that. You guys really, really are pathetic. So let's end, on a, let's end on a good note. Let's talk about the UConn Huskies, my team, my college basketball team, and plus I'm biased because I'm based out of Connecticut. Let's talk about these guys. They are finally returning back to their true home, and that is the Big East. They're finally going to get back into the Big East Conference. Why they switched over to the American – I forgot what conference they were curr they're currently in. I think it's American Conference or some crap like that. First and foremost, why in the world would you take the UConn Huskies out of the Big East? It makes no sense. You can't even fathom 
or think about the Big East without the likes of UConn, Syracuse, Georgetown, Villanova, all these big teams. I watched, I grew up in the 90s, man, and there was a lot of big-time games in the Big East, big-time Big East championship games, whether it was Georgetown versus UConn, Allen Iverson versus Ray Allen. You know, all of these big-time matchups, and you think about the Big East. So UConn returning back in 2020 is huge news. They've been out of the conference for six years. I want to know what the mindset was in that committee, what they thought about. What, how, how did this come about? Like, was there some kind of lobbying effort put in place to get UConn back in the Big East? I'm sure it had to do something with money. Uh, and and Because at the end of the day, everything comes down to money. So I'm sure putting UConn back in the Big East – Definitely is a boost to the uh, UConn campus and their coffers uh, because Big East is just a bigger conference, a bigger, better conference. And it, it just makes a lot of sense. I, I just, like I said before, I'm, I'm, I love those days when we used to have these big games and Carmelo Anthony in Syracuse and he's doing, you know, having big time games in the Big East. Uh, I'm trying to think of another good player. Uh, I'm thinking of Kerry Kittles. I'm thinking of Kerry Kittles. Yeah, Kerry Kittles played out of Villanova. So there was just a lot of great players, a lot of great games, a lot of great memories in general from UConn and others in the Big East. So, you know, don't mess up a good thing. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. That, that's my general point with the with this whole story. And I'm just very, as a fan of the Big East and how it kind of shaped and made me the kind of basketball fan that I am now, because don't, don't get it twisted. I'm not one of these guys that deeply follow college. I do stay abreast of what's going on and I try to stay in the know as far as, you know, the players to look at and things like that. But, you know, make no mistake about it. I'm a pro guy. And I, that goes for football as well. I I I follow the pros. That's how I was raised. Because my my dad and other cats that I grew up with, we followed the pros. We didn't really put a lot of emphasis or a lot of um, time into learning the college system because you know it's amateur. Let's face it. You know the the way they play the game is completely different from how the pros play. So um, that's just my two cents on that. But. Good to see UConn Huskies back where they belong, and that's back in the Big East. That's all we got for this week's episode of Voice Junkie Podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. As always, do your best at trying to help this platform grow. You can share this uh this episode, you can share previous episodes, or you can do the boss thing and join Patreon to become a believer or become a boss. That's um, you know, also really cool if you can do that. Or you can just go right down to the link below and support us through that link and you know, throw us a buck a month. A dollar a month goes a long way. That's like what we do an episode a week. So that's like a what a quarter per episode. I mean, you lose a dollar. Like you can lose a dollar. So point is supporting in any way you can is always appreciated. And, you know, I love you for it. (laughs) So tune in next time. Same day, same channel. You know what it is. It's Voice Junkie. Peace. Yay!